Today, we're discussing the highest-ranked team in Texas, which checks in at number 18 in the 24-7 Sports Summer Top 25. It's June 13th. My name is Connor Tapp, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. Gary Patterson's TCU program is famed for its ability to stand athwart conventional college football wisdom and keep reloading. But for all that, the Horned Frogs have still posted losing records in two of their last five seasons, while, of course, winning 11 or more games in the other three. After quietly winning 11 games in 2017, what does 2018 have in store for TCU? Jeremy Clark of Horned Frog Blitz joins us now to help us answer that very question. Jeremy, there was quite a difference of opinion in our voting block on TCU. They had the highest standard deviation of any team in the poll outside of Notre Dame and UCF, and they ultimately check in at number 18. Do you have any theories on why the opinion might have been so sharply divided here? And do you think 18 is ultimately a fair place to put them? Yeah, I think 18 is pretty fair. I mean, if you look at their offensive production, they've got to replace four guys up front. I mean, four of those guys were in NFL camps. Um, Two of those guys, Joseph Noteboom and Matt Pryor, were drafted um, by L.A. Rams and Philadelphia Eagles, respectively. And and the quarterback production, even though he – probably didn't get a lot of uh, fandom from TCU fans. Kenny Hill did have a, a pretty good uh, season last year, um, throwing the football and actually running the football. And they've got to replace three senior receivers. Uh, defensively, they've, they've got to replace Matt Boson, All-American defensive end. They've got to replace Traven Howard, who just happens to be the all-time leading tackler for uh, uh, TCU uh, since the Gary Patterson era. And they've, you know, they, they've just got uh, some, some guys that have to replace the senior leaders. I mean, all those guys I just listed, they were pretty good leaders. And uh, I could see why some people uh, discount where they're going to be next year. But I could also see uh, with with the history that Gary Patterson has, uh, they're really not one of those programs anymore, Connor, that have that rebuilding label to them. They're, they're more of a reloading label now. And uh, they've, they've really gotten to that position since being in the Big 12. You mentioned Kenny Hill. He was a player who, for one reason or another, spent four years in the college football spotlight. After a couple years leading the TCU offense, he's gone now. How is the battle to replace him shaping up? Man, it was a good battle. In the spring, you had Sean Robinson and and Michael Collins and Grayson Mulestein. Sean Robinson, everyone knows, he's a former four-star guy, um, one of the top quarterbacks in the country out of the 17 class. And he was last year's backup. Uh, he, he played as a true freshman uh, behind Kenny. And, and actually, when Kenny was injured, um, Sean did a pretty good job going on the road in Lubbock and, and playing Texas Tech. And that's a game TCU won 27-3. And they've always always been really high uh, on his throwing ability and his running ability. Um, but he got tested a little bit in the spring. Michael Collins was a guy that – uh, probably would have been your starter at Penn uh, or in the Ivy League this past year, but he decided he wanted to play some big-time college football. TCU uh, was a, was an option for him, so he decided to go to TCU, and he really gave Sean some fits for that starting position. He's a 6'5", 210-pound kid with a, a really good arm, and Grayson Muehlstein's a, a kid that's been on campus for five years, so he knows the offense really well, and he's probably, of the quarterbacks, the most athletic. The guy that a lot of people – look at uh, as a guy that at some point in his career they, they hope to make a, a big-time contribution as Justin Rogers, the uh, four-star recruit 
out of Louisiana, but he didn't go through spring. He's probably not going to go uh, much through the fall. He he's still rehabbing on that injury he had last year, and and they're probably going to use a red shirt on him. So uh, the season opener will be Sean Robinson, in my opinion. You mentioned TCU's kind of a program that reloads rather than rebuilds at this point. Who are some of the players you're expecting to step up and become a name people are nationally a little bit more familiar with in 2018? You know, the guy that I've been touting for a while is Darius Anderson. Uh, to me personally, I think he's a top five running back in the country. If you watched any of TCU's games last year, I mean, a lot of people talked about Kyle Hicks because he was the starting running back, but Anytime Darius Anderson came into the football game, the, the whole dimension of the offense just changed. And anyone that was watching TCU football last year, they were kind of one of those teams where they were undefeated, but you just didn't know how good they were. When they went on the road and beat Oklahoma State, they had an Oklahoma State down pretty big, and Oklahoma State started to come back. And, and Darius Anderson really put that game on his shoulders, ended up rushing for 160 yards in that game. And that's really the – the first chance anyone really had a chance to see Darius Anderson in the spotlight, but he missed the final three games of last season. So he didn't get to play in the bowl game or anything like that. The the spring this past spring, he looks back to being a hundred percent healthy. You have a guy that's six foot 200 pounds. He's a four, four guy. He, he catches the ball extremely well. He's great uh, pass blocking. He's just one of those guys where I think a lot of people are going to look at this year. And, and if he has a good year, I've been telling a lot of folks, if he has one of these years where he rushes for 12, 1,300 yards, he could definitely be going up the draft boards from some of, some of these NFL teams. And, uh, I mean, I would not be surprised in the least bit if that happens this year, just by the way I've seen him run the past two years. I've got a relatively recent over-under win projection from Bovada here that has the Horn Frogs at seven and a half wins. Are you taking the over or under there? I would take the over um, just because this, this year they only have to leave the state of Texas two times. I mean, they, they, they have a really tough road game at West Virginia, and then they have to go up to Kansas. Now, Kansas has given them fits in the past. I'll be the first to admit. There's no reason Kansas should be given TCU fits, but for, for whatever reason, uh, with the exception of last year's 43 nothing win in Fort Worth, Kansas has always played TCU close, especially up in Lawrence. But you got games at home against Oklahoma. you got games at home against Oklahoma State. They've got to go on the road to Texas. They've got to go on the road to Baylor. Uh, but I think TCU's proven in the in, in the past that even though they lose some key players, they put those guys in position to to win. And and really, the Big Twelve since they've joined the Big Twelve, the recruiting has just gotten better each year. If you look at the past three classes they've signed, they've all finished uh, in third place, right behind Texas and Oklahoma. And I think when you look at when you look at their past four games against Texas, they're they're definitely not. Uh, they're, they're, I'm not going to say they're going to uh, hold Texas in, in a higher regard because they, they've beaten them the way they do, but they're not scared to go to Austin and get a win. And so I think that's big for them. Uh, it's really as much as people like to see Texas is improving with Tom Herman. I think that'll be a good test for them. But overall, I think I definitely think they can win more than seven and a half games. If TCU does end up beating that over under projection by a good bit, uh, what do you think will have happened for the Horn Frogs to hit the upper end of their ceiling in 2018? Well, the, it starts up front. I mean, they've got to find guys that can replace those four offensive linemen they lost. Um, they've got they've got two guys that are that are veterans that have uh, over 20 starts between them. Uh, they've got to find some le- a left tackle. They've got to find 
a guy that can protect Sean Robinson's blind side. They have the running backs. They have Darius Anderson. They have Shaywo, which is another uh, key running back that's 6'3", 225. They've got Turpin still. Turpin's one of the most electric players in the Big 12. Um, defense, I, I'm never worried about defense as long as Gary Patterson's there. Even even years where they've lost seven or eight starters, somehow or another, he still gets that defense ready to play. And I've never seen them finish, since they've joined the Big 12, I've never seen them finish worse than third or fourth in total defense. So it's really going to uh, hinge on the uh, uh, production of the offense and, and how well Sean Robinson can come in there and throw the football. I think he did a great job in that one start he had last year at Texas Tech, but he didn't throw the football really well. But uh, if he could throw the football and, and you got guys like Kevontae Turpin and Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager's another guy that I think is going to surprise a ton of people this year. He had a great year last year as a true freshman, really shined in the Alamo Bowl, had that 95-yard touchdown, and, and I think he's just primed for a big year. But if they can get things done offensively, I'm never worried about the defense. They still have Ben Banigou coming back, was one of the top defensive ends in the country. Ty Summers is a four-year starter at linebacker. He's only like 75 tackles away from breaking Traven Howard's record for all-time leading tackler at TCU. So as long as Gary Patterson's calling the defense and Sean Robinson can get his uh, deal together, throw on the football, they'll be just fine. Jeremy Clark covers TCU for hornfrogblitz.com on the 24-7 Sports Network of websites. You can find him on Twitter at jclarkhfb. Thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate it. The Morning Blitz is a daily podcast that gives you all the college football news you need in a tidy 10 to 15 minute package. For each installment of the Summer Top 25, there is a companion article over on 247sports.com with additional commentary and analysis that you did not get on the podcast. Next up are the number 17 Virginia Tech Hokies, who were given that ranking before their quarterback's future with the team became less than certain. 